I kind of start with two things when I'm working with my clients. I start with what are you eating? Like, let's talk about your nutrition. And then let's talk about your gut because you could be eating all of the best things, but if your microbiome isn't in a happy place, you're not, that's not going to be helpful. I'm Nina. And I'm Liz. We don't have all the answers, but we do have a bottle of wine and some thoughts. If you're looking for honest musings on life, happiness, health, and wellness, you've come to the right place. We'll even throw in a couple off-the-wall jokes, some personal stories, and of course, some shenanigans. So grab a glass of wine and join the conversation. Hey, everybody. This episode of the podcast is another Nina solo episode. And I decided to put this up for everybody because I know there were quite a few people that wanted to make the adrenal and gut health workshop and that they couldn't for various reasons. So Cody, our wonderful producer slash my husband, convinced me to put the workshop up on the podcast. And Liz so graciously thought it was a good idea too. So I really hope you guys enjoy it. I had so much fun. This basically was the first, I'll say, quote unquote, real workshop I did by myself. And I realized that it needed to be longer, which is actually a good thing because I'm going to be doing a round two. I'll be getting a little bit more into the nutrition and very specific things you can do to start healing your gut in a second workshop that will be coming details soon in the beginning of June. So if you're in the Columbus area and you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, keep your eyes and ears open for another workshop coming up. Um, part two in June. So for those of you that may not have heard, I actually am receiving my health coach certificate here in May. And um, this I was in a year-long program with the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, and I cannot wait to get started and go into this full force. I will be doing health coaching full-time starting this summer. So it's um, a really a bittersweet time for me because I was at Olentangy for seven years and really, really loved it. But I can't wait for this next chapter of my life. And as as you'll probably be able to tell through the workshop, my passions lie very much in stress reduction and gut health and how we can use nutrition and lifestyle to really uplift our lives and calm our anxieties and live our, our healthiest, most authentic and best selves. So I really hope you guys enjoy this episode. And if you um, don't already follow me, you can check me out over at, at Nourished with Nina on Instagram and nourishedwithnina.com. All right. Thanks guys. And I will see you next week with Liz and another new guest. Okay, guys. Well, I thought we could start with a meditation just to, you know, let go of all of the stress that we brought into the room. And I'm not a yoga instructor. I'm not a meditation instructor, but I just, this is something that worked really well for me. I was at a workshop a couple months ago and I really liked this meditation. And so I thought we would try it out today. So if you could just find a comfortable seat on your bolster, you can lay your hands flat on your knees if you're feeling like you need to be a little more grounded, if you're feeling like you're ready to sort of bring in some inspiration or some guidance, you can have your hands faced up. And I want you to start to notice your breath. So notice it flowing in and out of your body. Perhaps you're noticing the temperature of the air coming into your nose and out of your nose. 
You might even want to put one hand on the belly and one hand on your chest if that feels good to you. Just feeling the rise and the fall of your chest and the in and the out of your belly. And how do you feel right now? Just think about that for a moment. So no judgment. How does your body feel? Do you feel tense in any areas? Shoulders, jaw, that's a place where a lot of us hold stress, our neck. Maybe rolling your neck a little bit while your eyes are closed might feel good. It always does to me. You can pull your shoulders up to your ears and drop them. Roll them back a few times. Just tune in. Do you feel calm or energized? You might have come in the room with a lot of energy. I know that I did, and I still have it. I can feel it in my body. You might actually be feeling really calm today. Just think about it. No judgment. If a thought pops into your head, just allow it to pass. You don't have to think about it right now if you don't want to. And if you are thinking about it, no big deal either, right? If a thought pops in, you can think of it as a cloud just passing by. And now that you're sort of relaxed, I want you to imagine the best version of you. What is the best version of you? What do you look like? What do you feel like? What are you wearing? What are you doing? Just have that that picture of yourself sitting in your brain. And now think, what's preventing you from being that best version of yourself? What's the first thought that popped into your head? What's preventing you from that best version of yourself? And how can you get there? And when you're ready, sort of holding that idea of you in your mind, you can go ahead and open your eyes. I really like that because when I did that at the last workshop, um, I, I clearly had a picture in my head of what I wanted to look like and how I wanted to feel. Did anyone else have a vision in their head as well? And I think a lot of times we get stuck. Like something's preventing us from reaching that best version of ourselves. And we just have to start to break down what those things are. And a lot of times I really feel like it's the fact that we're stressed and the fact that we have so much going on in our lives all of the time that we're really not allowing ourselves to get to that best version because we just don't think we have time. And that's, that's why I find that, um, These two topics that we're going to discuss today, stress and gut health, are so important because I feel like they're those two big things that a lot of us struggle with that just prevent us from becoming our best self. So I want to give you just a little background on my story. Some of you might know it. The reason I even got into holistic health coaching was because my entire life I've been, I've had a low grade level of stress. Um, Ever since I was little, my brother has special needs. And so he's, he's running around the house all the time. My mom's like... Um, she's a very frantic person, frantic Fran. You know, she's always roaming around, and my dad's a worrywart. And so I just grew up in that environment. And I didn't even really realize it until I went to college. I remember being younger, I would worry a lot, or I would feel some sort of sense of panic. Um, it was hard to describe. I didn't really know why I felt it. I just thought I was a little bit more sensitive than my friends or my family, um, but I was always on edge. And When I got to college, that continued. But in order for me to cope with being stressed and on edge and the kind of frantic situation of my house all the time, I turned to being busy. 
so I didn't have to think about it. Um, so not only was I kind of living at a low grade level of stress, I was also doing a lot. So I was in music. I was in a touring choir. I was doing all of the musicals at school. I was working. I just would run from one thing to the next. And if I wasn't doing something, I was calling a friend and making sure I was at their house or hanging out. And so I was constantly moving all of the time. When I got to college, I started my music ed program. And it was a pretty rigorous program. We had a lot of classes and not a lot of downtime. I was working again. I was teaching private lessons. And I noticed some symptoms coming up. So not only was I feeling this this low-grade sense of stress and kind of panic, but um, I started to get headaches all the time. That was the first one. I used to get headaches above my right eye. I don't know if anybody else gets them there. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I had one last night. <laughs> um, and I sensed one coming on this morning because of adrenaline, which we'll talk a little bit more about. Um, and that's why I made my smoothie before I come in, which we'll talk a little bit more about. But I used to get headaches above my right eye all of the time. I would have tummy issues. So, one, I mean, I would wake up, and this still happens to me. Um, I'll wake up and my stomach already hurts. Like, it just feels uneasy, and I might have to run to the bathroom, but nothing's really wrong. Like, that's the thing. I'm like, hmm, nothing's really wrong, but my stomach hurts. And that's a, a, tell, a sign right there. Um, so I was getting stomach aches. Some foods just weren't really sitting well with me anymore. And I was having a lot of hormonal issues as well. And those kind of continued. But in college, I ignored them all. I just, I was taking birth control at the time, just yeah, I'm having hormonal problems. Let's pop on the birth control. Like no big, no big deal. Um, I was taking Advil and ibuprofen. I can't even tell you how many times a month, but it wasn't even a thought. I was just like, oh, I have a headache. I'm going to take ibuprofen. So I was taking that all of the time. Post-college, so zooming up a little bit, I got my first job at Olentangy. I was working at two buildings, two middle schools. I was having, uh, I taught over 550 kids between all of my programs. I was running between two buildings. I was very stressed. I was also teaching private lessons at the time. So I wasn't stopping. That's the thing. I just kept going and I kept letting all of the symptoms build and build and build. And a couple years into teaching at two buildings, I decided to give a master's degree. And I was working two buildings. I got a master's in special education. At the same time, I was planning a trip to New York City with a group of my kids, which I think personally is what set me over the edge. So I had all of these things. At that time, that's when the symptoms really began to hit. I wasn't able to concentrate. I remember um, I would get Trenta iced coffees. Has anyone ever had a Trenta from Starbucks? I'd get a Trenta iced coffee in the morning. I would run out the door with maybe a granola bar if I remembered to run out the door with something to eat. I would have a coffee or a tea in the afternoon. And then I would go to my classes at Otterbein where I was getting my master's and I'd have another coffee and just pick up whatever dinner that they had. And I was trying to be healthy. So maybe I'd grab a salad or maybe I'd grab a chicken wrap. You know, I was trying, I wasn't grabbing McDonald's. I wasn't grabbing French fries, things like that. I was trying to be healthy, but they still weren't things that were healing my body. Um, So coffee all day, snacks here and there. And then my body broke down. And Kathy, I don't know if you remember the the day I had my fight or flight freak out at Shanahan. Um, So what started to happen was you can deal with the little symptoms for a while, right? You can deal with the headaches. You can deal with the tummy troubles. um, You can deal with your... anxiety, right? Anxiety, we all have it at some point, but at some point it gets to a point where you can't deal with it anymore. And I wasn't able to concentrate. I had brain fog. I was waking up already panicked. 
I like to the point where I couldn't control it anymore. I was like, what's, what's going on? Um, I lost my period. I wasn't having a period. I thought I was pregnant for like an entire year. I would, I would like go into Kathy's room and I was like, I, you asked me once, you're like, do you think you're pregnant? I was like, no. <laughs> um, just think, you know, everything was going wrong. I had cramps. Oh, the cramps. The, all of the time. I still have cramps. But all of these things were happening. And finally, I decided it was time to go to my doctor because I had also lost my appetite. I wasn't able to eat I was very emotional all the time. Things weren't right. So my doctor obviously told me to get on anxiety medicine. And my gynecologist told me to get back on birth control. And both of those things, I don't know what it was. And I'm not against either of those things, just as a heads up. I think that they can be very, very helpful tools for you. But something in my gut was telling me that that wasn't the right answer. Something was just not sitting well with me. And so I actually left with the prescription, took one pill, had a panic attack because I was like, this, I can't do it. I remember I was crying. I was telling my mom, I was like, I don't know. This just doesn't feel right to me. And I decided to not go with either route. So I didn't do the birth control. I didn't continue with the medicine. And I turned to holistic health. And I started researching on my own. I started researching ways to incorporate yoga and meditation and what sort of foods I should be eating to heal my body. It was all started on Google. Then it started with books. Then as I started to feel better, I was like, wow, this shit really works. (laughs) I started to feel better. I decided that um, everybody was probably sick of me talking to them about it. So I decided to get a certificate in holistic healthcare. And then that's where I am today. So that's my story. Yeah, so I just thought we could start by imagining what your body feels like. What does your body feel like when it's stressed? So maybe you get the headaches or maybe you have the digestive problems. Does anyone want to share what happens in their body when they feel stressed? You don't have to. Cool. You heard all of my stories. Yeah, go ahead. Hey, uh, Chelsea. Yeah, <laughs> I constantly will wake up, I think, multiple times in, um, in a week with that headache yep. in my eyes. And I'll get migraines like once mm-hmm. a month that will knock me out for like four days at a time. Um, migraines are a big, yeah. big signal. Uh, the stomach. Like you described, like waking up every morning and mm-hmm. my stomach hurting and having to use the restroom mm-hmm. every morning um, and not knowing, like trying to navigate and go back to foods. I'm like, what am I eating that's doing this? So I think I've like spent a lot of time focusing on that yeah. because I have stomach issues and can't eat certain foods, but I think I need to turn more and focus on of like, no, that's actually the stress. It's probably not as much as the, what I'm eating as it is. The well, stress and here's what's funny is it's a two-way street because your stress and your mental health affects your gut health and your gut health affects your mental health. And sometimes you don't know which is the, I mean, one could have been the trigger, but they both, and then they both work in tandem, yeah. right? So, so it's a combination of healing out. both yeah. at the same time. Yeah. So what I'm going to get a little bit scientific on you for a moment. Um, and this is just what's happening in your body when you're stressed. So there's, we have something called the HPA axis. And it's a signaling system between your hypothalamus, which is um, a part of your brain, and your pituitary gland, which is about the size of a pea, and it sits right beneath your hypothalamus, and your adrenal glands. Have anybody heard of those three things? Okay. So the hypothalamus sends, and I'm not going to shout out the hormones because they are actually very difficult to say, and I don't have them memorized, but the hypothalamus sends some hormones to your pituitary gland which is your hypothalamus is in charge of it all. Um, And it sends some hormones and signals to your pituitary gland, which is in charge of your sex hormones. The pituitary gland sends signal 
of hormones to your adrenal glands. And then that signal tells your adrenal glands to push out the cortisol and to push out the adrenaline into your system. And it's actually a really beautiful system. And when it's working well, it's a wonderful thing to have. Um, Think just back into our ancestral days. If somebody was trying to run from a bear, we'll just use a bear for example, the system would work out, right? The hypothalamus would send the signal to the pituitary gland to send to the adrenal glands. And then your cortisol and adrenaline would pump out. It would get you really pumped and amped and energized to run from that bear to save your life. And then what would typically happen is your stress level would then come down. So the signal would go back to the hypothalamus that would say it's time to shut it off and it would get shut off. And then you would get back to uh, homeostasis, which is your balanced, happy place that we all want to be for the majority of the time. But what happens now is we're not living in the ancestral days. We're living in this day and age where that signaling system goes off 100% of the time. Um, Your body's job is to protect you. But what happens is your body now doesn't know the difference between protecting you from traffic, protecting you from a stressful email, protecting you from having a difficult conversation with your boss. In my personal story, it's I, I think I was very, I get very amped up when I'm teaching. So even now, like this situation right now, um, my adrenaline is on fire and I can tell, I can feel it. Um, I have to work. I'm a very, my therapist tells me I'm a Ferrari. So <laughs> if you press, like some people can press the gas pedal smoothly. Like I just press the gas pedal <laughs> and I just go. And you know, we all have our, we all have our perks and we all have our non-perks and you have, it's one of the things that's good about me, but also can be a problem. And so teaching, for example, I was triggering that signal all of the time. And so what happens is there's a signaling mix up in our hypo, in our HPA axis and two different things can happen. The cortisol and the adrenaline keep pumping through your system and eventually the hypothalamus does not tell your adrenal glands to stop producing it. So what happens is it just keeps pumping through your body, and that's when you start to see a lot of negative symptoms arise. Cortisol is not a bad thing. Adrenaline is not a bad thing. They're good things. For example, some things that adrenaline, I mean, you can even sense this in your body. Adrenaline is that feeling that gets you ready to go. Like you feel amped. Um, You might have sweaty palms if you're nervous. But yeah, you guys know adrenaline, that feeling of getting pumped up. Cortisol is that hormone that energizes you. It wakes you up in the morning. It starts off really high and it should taper off by the end of the evening so that you're able to fall asleep. Cortisol also is really good for reducing inflammation. But if you have too much of it, the opposite effect starts to happen. So you can imagine if your body is pumping out that signal all of the time, think about what's going on in your body. You're constantly on edge, right? You're constantly in that state of that high sensory state. So some effects of prolonged cortisol include uh, emotional control. You're not able to control your emotions. Your willpower starts to become diminished, and it's hard for you to make decisions. If you're nervous, think about it. When you're nervous and you're performing in front of a group or something like that, it's hard to make decisions. It's hard to concentrate because you become really hyper-focused on what you're doing. Um, Your short-term memory is suppressed. Brain fog becomes an issue. Has anyone dealt with brain fog? It seems like just a mask. You just can't really think straight. Um, Everything feels a little bit hazy. The thing that happened with me is uh, prolonged cortisol enhances your memory of emotionally arousing events. 
So if you think about a time that you've been really stressed or emotionally aroused, for me, it's in elevators. That feeling, it it comes back like this. So I remember when I was in New York with my kids, I had to go in an elevator. And I told them, I was like, oh, I don't really feel comfortable doing that. I'm just going to take the steps. Well, the tour guide forced me to go in the elevator. I don't know why. And it was an old elevator. It was really rickety and oh, so creepy. My So normally, if I'm at a, a... Maybe I'm at homeostasis or I'm at a more balanced place. I can do my breathing, you know, and I can calm and it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Well, not in that state where my body's already off the charts. I started shaking. Um, I couldn't think. I was about to, I mean, I was literally about to have a panic attack in the elevator, but my kids were in there. I remember I was grabbing onto a chaperone's hand, like, get me out of here. And when I got out of the elevator, my whole body was trembling. But that might not have happened if I would have been at a calmer place in my life, right? So that cortisol really triggers your emotional response. It turns off your sex hormones. Your stress hormones are pumping so much that it says, nah, you don't really need those sex hormones anymore. And that's where you can find issues with testosterone, estrogen, PMS. Um, you might lose your period, cramping, things like that. And then of course, it affects your digestion. And that's also what we're gonna be talking about today. So who notices changes in their digestion when they're stressed? Yeah, yeah, me too. A couple of things can happen when you're really nervous. Sometimes you gotta go to the bathroom right away, right? It's just all of a sudden it's like, and cortisol makes that happen. If you're nervous, it's just, um, it affects your blood sugar and then it affects the signaling between your brain and your gut. And it's like, gotta go right now. Other people, they actually become constipated. I think about travel anxiety. Sometimes people can't go to the bathroom when they're traveling. Your brain and your gut are intricately connected by something called the vagus nerve. And the vagus nerve runs from your gut to your brain. Not the other way around, actually. So if you think about it, and this is where you were saying, is it the gut or is it the brain? Well, sometimes when things are happening in the gut, it affects, the signaling system affects the brain. Now, it can go both ways, right? Stress can also affect your gut. But now we're kind of transitioning to what's happening here. Um, Has anyone heard of the microbiome before? Yeah, the microbiome is definitely a big buzzword that's going on right now, and for good reason. There are a ton of books that you can read uh, about the microbiome. The microbiome is a system, um, it's a community and an organization of microorganisms in your belly. And there's actually 100 trillion microorganisms living in your belly. And these microorganisms control everything from your appetite to your moods, anxiety, depression, to uh, your immune system. So if you're getting sick, often stress, have you ever realized that you get really stressed and then all of a sudden you get sick afterwards? A lot of that has to do with the microbiome down here. And when this delicate balance isn't healthy, then these symptoms start to arise. So your immune system, your appetite, cravings. When your balance is off in your microbiome, you crave carbs and you crave sugars. Um, And actually, I wanted to read to you guys this book is awesome. It's called Thin From Within. And I have a bunch of books up here later if you guys want to take a look at them. But she gives a bunch of really good information on gut health. But I wanted to read her little passage about the microbiome because I thought it would be really helpful. So she says, what is the microbiome and why is it important? The microbiome is all of the tiny microbes that live in and on our bodies. These little bugs mainly help with digestion and fighting infection, but they also play a role in our moods and happiness levels. 90% of your serotonin actually lives in your gut. 
So when things are messed up down here, think about how that serotonin is getting signaled to your brain, right? And serotonin is our happy hormone. It helps us feel balanced. Um, it controls our appetite, things like that. Um, when 90% of your serotonin is based in your gut, there can be a lot of issues when you're not balanced in your microbiome. Um, your microbiome begins to develop at birth which I think is crazy. Um, if you were vaginally born, then you got all of those good bacterias from your mother. If you were born in, with a C-section, you didn't receive some of those. And that's not good or bad. It just kind of shows you that some people start off life with a, a little bit more populated microbiome of the good gut bugs that they need, and some don't. Breastfeeding, if your mother breastfed you, that was another way that you populated your gut with the good gut bugs that you need. Um, and if you weren't, that's just another factor that you might have to do a little bit of work with healing your microbiome. So that's a good question to ask. Go home and say, hey, mom, how did you birth me? And did you breastfeed me? And that might give you some clues as to um, some healing you might need to do. So what does the microbiome do? All these little guys help to extract vitamins and other nutrients from the food we eat and deliver it to all of your cells. You can think about your microbiome each time you eat kale or quinoa as it helps get all of the goodness out of these foods and into your body. So if your microbiome is compromised and you're trying to eat all of the healthy things, right? You're trying to eat your green smoothie, you're eating whatever it is that you choose to eat. Maybe you're a meat eater and you're eating really great grass-fed organic beef or you're eating all of your veggies. Well, if your microbiome isn't healthy, it's not going to be absorbing the nutrients you need from that food. And then all of that work you're trying to do to feed yourself things that help you feel energized and help you feel better and to heal your stress, well, it's not going to be working well because this system isn't working well. So that's one key thing to remember. It always starts, I kind of start with two things when I'm working with my clients. I start with what are you eating? Like, let's talk about your nutrition. And then let's talk about your gut because you could be eating all of the best things, but if your microbiome isn't in a happy place, you're not, that's not gonna be helpful. So we look at both of those things. It's an essential component to your immune function, which we talked about. And I think this is really interesting. 70 to 80% of your immune tissues are located in your digestive system. So if you're getting sick all of the time, and one of my clients, that was one of the reasons she came to me was because she was stressed. She's also a teacher. She was stressed all of the time and she could not stop getting sick. That was another symptom that happened with me. Does anyone get congestion all of the time? Yeah, I do all of the time. Um, it could be food triggers, but a lot of it has to do with your gut. And so congestion, um, respiratory, all of those things, getting, just getting sick all of the time means that your gut needs some attention. The gut is the first entry point for pathogens, so keeping it healthy is what helps us avoid illness. Uh, that's a little bit of the background on what's happening in your gut. Does anyone have any questions before we move on to the solutions? I was listening to a podcast a couple days ago and I can't remember the doctor's name offhand, but she said pretty much everybody walking around has some sort of gut imbalance. And of course we're going to get sick. You know, of course, we're not going to be in homeostasis all of the time. Like, we, this is life. We're going to go through ups and downs. But if you're getting sick, just think about your body. Your body is meant to work well, 
That's what I tell all of my clients. Your body is meant to work well. So if you're getting sick all of the time, the first place to look, I, I personally believe, is your gut health. Like, let's try that first. Let's start to heal the gut and see if that helps. Let's look at your nutrition and start to see if that helps. And then, of course, there are things like food intolerances and those, those things that will, would go along with gut health. So once you start to clean it up, because it might be that you're, you're intolerant to something and that's why you're getting sick, or it's just the fact that you're so stressed. And you're, I call it the red zone. When you're so stressed all the time, your body is in the red zone. It doesn't have time to keep you healthy. It's just trying to save your life. So it's pumping out all that cortisol. It's pumping out all that adrenaline. And then it gets tired. And that, but, but all of that affects down here, right? Which then affects your immune system. And then you get sick. So again, it's like, that's, that's why I love holistic healthcare so much because it really is a full range of things. You have to look at it all. Um, but nutrition and gut health are the two, the two places that are the best to focus on. Did that answer your question? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about how do we start to heal the body? The one thing that you really need to think about is your body wants to feel safe. It wants to feel comfortable and it wants to feel, it just wants to feel protected. And when it feels protected, that's when things work well. I want you to imagine, how did you feel when you were doing the meditation? Did anyone, just by a show of hands, did anyone feel their body start to relax? Like, did your belly feel different? You know, did your shoulders feel different? Maybe your headache started to dissipate a little bit, right? When your body feels safe and your body feels calm, things start to work really well. And I, I like to use the image of a coffee mug. If your coffee mug is filled to the top and you add some stress, or maybe you add a food that you're intolerant to or something on the top to it, it's going to overflow. But if we're, and that's your stress level, the coffee's at the top. If we keep it down here, or even down here, um, you can add some stress. You can add, you can even eat some foods that you normally wouldn't eat. Like I could have a, I don't eat dairy and gluten very often. If my body is feeling really good and comfortable and I have a piece of pizza, it's not going to affect me, right? Because my body can probably handle that. But when your coffee cup is filled to the top all of the time, that's when the issues start to arise. So the whole goal is how do we bring our body back to homeostasis more often? How do we calm the body? And the first thing you can do is purely breathe. So starting your day in the morning, just breathing. You can do one to two minutes. That's it. I sometimes I just in the shower, even um, letting like close your eyes, let the water run over you, and just put a hand on your belly and just breathe. It um, signals your brain to go from a, a sympathetic state, which is that nervous um, fight or flight response, to a parasympathetic state, which is calming. Purely breathing for one to two minutes can trigger your body into a parasympathetic state. Meditation, of course. I know sometimes people are like, oh, I can't meditate. Meditation doesn't have to be sitting like this and like, oh my, you don't have to do that. Just put on some calming music. Sometimes I listen to uh, the Paper Kite Station on Pandora and I'll just put it on. It's super calming music. I'll just sit, I'll breathe a couple of times and I can just feel my body start to relax. In addition to breathing, breathing before you eat, especially if you have digestive issues, is very important. Um, I, that is one of the main things I tell all of my clients when they're having digest and, and when they're stressed. Breathe before you eat. That could mean you have your plate in front of you. Take 30 seconds and just close your eyes. Breathe in and out. 
try to trigger that parasympathetic state. And think about what's going to happen in your gut when, you, when you're calm. Your gut's going to be able to digest that food. You're going to be able to absorb those nutrients. Um, when you're stressed out and you're anxious, your body isn't going to absorb or digest any of that. Also, think about when you're stressed and you eat, what happens like your bathroom, your bathroom situation after that. It's a clue, right? All these things are clues. Healing bone broths and soups. Oh my gosh. I, Cody, started making bone broth. You're my man. Started making, <laughs> started making bone broth. And I would have a cup of bone broth every single morning uh, before I went to work just before I even had breakfast. And the only reason I would ever prescribe drinking something before breakfast is if it's bone broth, because you're gonna be getting some protein, you're gonna be getting some great nutrients, and the collagen in that bone broth is going to heal your gut like no other. Has anybody heard of collagen? Yeah, you can get collagen peptides, vital proteins is a really good source. Um, vital proteins, further foods. Yeah. Is collagen, is it just added? So, okay, that's a really good question. So, does anyone know the specific answer to that? Collagen? I know that it comes from the bones. Um, It's a great source of protein and it heals. I know that it's great for healing digestion. It's good for nail growth and like hair. But I'm. Yes, it helps with skin. Yeah, you can. Added it in your coffee. What? It has no taste. And but that's such a good question because one of my clients actually asked me what collagen was, and I looked because I know like what it does and where it comes from and why it's good for you, but I don't know how to exactly describe to describe what it is. So I'll look that up, Jess, and then I'll let you know. Oh, do you? Okay, yeah, send it to me. So healing bone broths, you can um, it, fresh time. There's fresh time right around the corner. They have these K cups, or they used to, and they were bone broth K cups. And you can just—I know it sounds gross—but <laughs> you can just stick it in your Keurig, and it it makes you a cup of bone broth. I was drinking that at work. I have a little Keurig in my office. Um, or it's super easy, and maybe I can convince Cody to give me his recipe, and I'll put it on the blog. Um, and I'll put that bone broth recipe up on my blog for you guys. But bone broth is a great way to heal. And then the main, the main thing that we need to do here is we need to repopulate our microbiome. Because when we're stressed or if you're taking antibiotics, it kills off. Antibiotics kill off the good, the bad bacteria. But guess what it also kills off? The good bacteria. And yes, antibiotics are necessary sometimes. I get that. I think that they are overprescribed. But I do believe that sometimes you need them. And so if you're taking an antibiotic, you should also be taking a probiotic. And that's another topic of conversation with healing your gut. Um, I take probiotic every night and I take the brand Jaro. I didn't bring them with me because they're supposed to be kept refrigerated, but I guess I could have kept them in the refrigerator. I should have done that. And if you want to, on your flyer, my email's on there. So if you have any questions or want details on things, please email me. But I take the brand Jaro. And as long as it has, this is what you want to look for. Try your best with the spelling. But they need to have a good amount of lactobacillus and bifidobacterium. Those are the two probiotics that you want to have in your supplement. Yes, it is lactobacillus, L-A-C-T-O-B-A-C-I-L-L-U-S, and bifidobacterium, B-I-F-I-D-O, 
and then bacterium. And I worked with the nutritional therapy practitioner for a little bit, and she recommended the Jaro brand to me, and I did my own research. Um, just as a heads up, I am not, you know, I'm not a medical doctor. I'm just a holistic health coach, so I'm never going to prescribe that you take any medications. I'm not going to tell you you need to take these things, but I'm just sharing my knowledge. So if you are interested in playing around with probiotics, which I really recommend, especially if you're having gut issues, then do your own research on them. But those are the two strains that you, you really want to have there. And there's another one. It's not in my book, so I can't spell it for you, but it's called Saccharomyces boulardii. Good luck. Um, and that was one of the most helpful supplements that I took, and that was for candida overgrowth. And so a lot of times when you're having digestive issues, you also have a yeast overgrowth. So women, I know this is a little bit TMI for the guys in here, but if you have a lot of yeast infections and things like that, sometimes you want to check out taking that Saccharomyces boulardii. Um, but in general, and this was also in the podcast I heard, many of us have some type of yeast overgrowth. And it's good to get that under control. So watching your sugars, uh, watching your carbs, and then of course taking these supplements to help heal. I will say, if you have a yeast overgrowth in your belly and your microbiome is very, very shot due to stress or due to food triggers, taking a probiotic and taking um, the Saccharomyces boulardii can make some things worse before they get better. So you might feel more bloating. You might even feel sick. Uh, you might feel flu symptoms. If that is the case, it's good to take a break from them and focus on healing your gut through nutrition, the bone broths, breathing, all of those things first, get it to a better balance, and then start incorporating the good gut bugs. And working with a practitioner or a health coach is a great way to, to have someone by your side to help you with that. I forgot to mention chewing your food. If you breathe and chew your food, I bet you, you will start to feel better almost instantly. A lot of us think that our teeth do the work or that our belly does the work for us. We have stomach acid, right? It works. It digests our food. I mean, yes, chew your food. You're supposed to chew until it's liquid. I'm terrible at it. I've tried. I swallow before it's liquid. But if you, like, especially if you're eating meat and please eat organic grass-fed meat. And if you're doing meat because antibiotics are in those meats, um, which affect your microbiome. Okay, so um, chew, chew, chew your food. Chew till it's liquid. Okay, so that's a little bit on the gut stuff. And I actually, on your handout, I put those things. Identifying food triggers. If you came to me and you said, I'm having gut issues, the first thing I would do is I would ask you, how do you feel when you eat dairy or gluten? Dairy and gluten are not bad in themselves, but if you're having tummy issues, they might be hard for you to process the proteins in those those items. So gluten is a protein, dairy has proteins in them, and your body can struggle with digesting those. Um, what I like to tell people is you don't have to give up your gluten and dairy forever. Now, I want you to always eat good forms of dairy and uh, you know whole forms of wheat and things like that, but you don't have to give it up forever. So if your stomach, like right now, I don't typically eat it a lot because I break out, but I'm very good at being in tune with my body. So if my body is feeling like it's at a good place, if my digestion's well, I had your spaghetti the other day. I did get stuffy. Go figure that night. Yeah. But it didn't affect my belly. I didn't have any stomach aches. I didn't break out. That's a big clue for me. I get acne around my chin. Um, your, your digestive system is a way for your body to excrete toxins. So if it's clogged up and things aren't going well, in both ends. Think about like um, when you get your sweat glands, that's another way to release toxins. If you have 
a very potent smell. <laughs> it might be that things aren't working well here. If you're having acne, it might be a sign that things aren't working well here. If you have eczema, things like that. Um, gluten and dairy are a good, good thing to look at. So identifying food triggers, chew, chew, chew your food, bone broths, and fermented foods. So if you don't want to try the probiotics, try fermented foods. Sauerkraut, kimchi, whole organic forms of these. Do not get, like, you don't want to get the sauerkraut at the baseball station, right? The baseball, whatever it's called, stadium. <laughs> I'm not a sports person. I'm a music person. Uh, <laughs> the sports station, it's fine. Yeah, so fermented foods. Dairy, if you tolerate dairy, uh, grass-fed yogurt. The, what are some brands that I really love? Laugh, not Laughing Cow. Siggy's. Siggy's yogurt is a great one. Um, I also really enjoy Kite Hill for the almond uh, almond yogurt. It's a great one too. Be careful with yogurts though, because some of them have a lot of sugar in them and like some coconut yogurts, like the SO yogurts, not so good. Yeah. How do you feel about the apple cider? Oh, apple cider is great. Yeah. You can throw that in a shot in the morning. Yeah. Apple cider vinegar is great. Yeah, get that apple cider game on. <clears throat> yes, and honey. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure about the tea. And that, and that actually reminds me that, sorry, I didn't hear you were talking over there. Um, that actually reminds me that in all of this, it, your body is unique to you. So I might say, like, I might say gluten and dairy doesn't work for me. And I do follow more of a paleo diet. Uh, that's just what works for me. So I eat a lot. Of, I like to eat a lot of plants. But if I'm eating meat, I'm making sure it's grass fed. I'm making sure that it's organic. But guess what? You might not tolerate meat very well. And that's okay. So maybe you need to look at more of a vegetarian diet. Maybe you need to look at more of a vegan lifestyle. But that's, you know, if somebody tells you that you need to follow a certain diet, Gotta go. Yeah, because everybody's body is different. Everybody's body is different. And so you just have to find what works for you. And before I end, and I didn't get to, I know I only have like five minutes left at this point. I just want to touch a little bit on the nutrition piece. If you are trying to deal with your stress, and this is so important. I wish we would have had more time to talk about it. Let's just talk about the coffee for a little bit. Coffee heightens your cortisol levels. So if your cortisol levels are already high, coffee is going to just heighten that. It also affects your blood sugar. So blood sugar, we didn't talk too much about, but when your blood sugar goes up and down rapidly, that's another stressor on your body. And your body's going to be in that red zone, that heightened state all of the time. So if I can give you any piece of advice, it's to balance your blood sugar in the morning. If you are a coffee drinker, that's fine. I'm not going to make you take away your coffee, but please make sure that you eat breakfast before you drink your coffee. At least have something in your belly and you need to focus on eating something that balances your blood sugar. Um, actually, I didn't print these off, but I just created a freebie that looks like this. And it's the three, uh, I think it's, I forget, like three key macronutrients that you need to balance your blood sugar in the morning. And you can get that on my website. You just have to subscribe to my email list, but you can unsubscribe later if you don't want to be on it. Um, <laughs> you just being honest. I mean, sometimes you want the goods, but you don't want the emails. So those three macronutrients are healthy fats, 
And it's all on this document. Healthy fats, avocado, um, chia seeds, flax seeds, yogurts, things like that. So healthy fats, high quality protein, 20 grams. I stick to 20 grams, but you might need more or less depending on your lifestyle. You might need 15 to 25. Or if you're a man, you might need up to 30. Um, So protein, high quality protein. Uh, So you play around with the the healthy fats and the protein, and then you got to get some fiber in there. Um, So getting some fiber helps, you know, that all go through your system nicely and you can absorb all those nutrients with that fiber. Make sure you eat a breakfast. If that, that could be a smoothie. That could be an egg scramble. It could even be an oatmeal because one more thing I want to add, oatmeal has prebiotics in it. Has anyone heard of prebiotics? You need prebiotics to feed your probiotics. So you want to look at forms of prebiotics such as oatmeal. That's a really great source of prebiotics. Onions. Please do your research on that. Just making sure you're getting enough apples. Um, Getting enough prebiotics to feed the good probiotics that you're putting in your body. And of course, listening to your body is my biggest thing. So in all of this, breathing, meditation, finding ways to lower your stress, yoga, listening to music, taking a calming bath, like what, lighting a candle and reading a book, what de-stresses you? Our goal here is to bring our body back to homeostasis, bring our body back to good balance so that our gut works well, our cortisol and adrenaline levels start to lower and that we start to feel better. So that's it, guys. This handout some more, gives you some more ideas. Um, Does anybody have any questions for me? Yeah, Cody? What's homeostasis? Homeostasis is the balanced, natural state of our body, where it feels best, where it feels good, where it feels calm. Um, I have some books up here that, I really like, so you can take a look at them if you would like. The Mind-Gut Connection, oh boy, it's, it's a good one. I'm, to be honest, I am not all the way through because I'm like highlighting and take, it's so scientific. You have to take breaks from it, but if you're really into the science of the gut, this is a great book. Um, Robin Euclid is a holistic health coach. She actually went through the same program that I did, and she's such, she's so good at making this Uh, information digestible and easy. And she gives great recipes. So she's good. Have you, if you have not heard of Kelly Levesque, go run and get her book, Body Love. This book is all about why balancing your blood sugar is the key to reducing stress, weight loss, digestive issues. My coaching style is pretty much a blend of these two ladies right here. And then, um, the Adrenal Thyroid Revolution of Eva Rom is a goddess. She also has a program that I would love to do. What is that? The um, Adrenal Thyroid Revolution. Yeah, it's really, really good. About getting yourself out of, she calls it SOS, which is your stressed out state. Yeah, so I have leftover cookies, brownies.